You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Well, hello, friends. Hello, this is Producer Dave. I am not Angie Austin. She is still under the weather. We hope she gets better soon. Right. We're all praying for her. But I'm here with a great Good News crew. I have Michelle Betts, our wonderful friend, Eric Raymer, um, Jennifer Bishop, and uh, I calls them likes, I sees them. The drill sergeant of life. Drill sergeant. <laughs> um, so I'm really happy that you guys are all here, and thank you for letting me start off this conversation. Uh, last week, we had this really cool conversation about kind of, it started with relationships, but it kind of worked into um, introspection and, and kind of how, how we all do this thing. And uh, Jennifer actually mentioned something that's been gnawing at me ever since she said it, um, that she said she's been working on herself over years and years and years. And it's something that, like, Obviously, we all kind of work on ourselves over time, and we we all try to grow. Um, I've mentioned before, um, I find uh, when I was younger, I used to compare myself to, um, you know, pro athletes or, uh, you know, uh, Kelly Slater was one of my favorite. I looked up to Kelly Slater a lot, and he's a professional surfer. He's he's amazing. He's like the greatest surfer. And I looked up to him like, I'm supposed to live up to this standard, right? And I was like never happy with myself. I was always... I never liked it. I never liked who I was because I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio or Kelly Slater, right? Um, But now I've learned something that I've kind of reinforced from this show is like I compare myself to who I was before rather than to other people Mm -hmm. and see how I've grown. Um, And lately, uh, you know, uh, Jen said she's been working on herself and you can get really introspective and you kind of look at yourself and you're like, well, there's parts about my personality that I I don't like, so I want to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get rid of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's parts about my personality that I really, really like, and I would love to hone and focus on them and have them be more of my personality. And then that, that kind of got me into thinking about how we all have this idea of who we are that nobody else in the whole world has gets to meet. <laughs> you know Hello. what I mean? Like, you mean the voices like, in my head aren't real? We have this vision <laughs> of ourselves in our head that everyone else's vision of you is completely different than that vision because nobody yeah. knows all the things that yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that really got me thinking. I know it's kind of getting kind of deep and philosophical, but I, like I started like thinking about these things in my personality and like categorizing them or holding on to them and figuring it out. And I started doing what I call the method actor approach. It's like I feel bad for people like Daniel Day Lewis who probably have no idea who his personality is because he's played so, so many, many people yeah. and so many people that he may have lost focus. That's probably why he's so weird. Um, <laughs> right? But that I was kind of doing that to myself where I'm like, I have all these aspects of my personality. Some of them I want to keep some of them. Some of them are important. They're bad, but they're still important mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they protect me or do something. But then I start losing focus of who I am. And I wanted to ask you guys, of, does that happen to you? Do you get to this point to where I don't even know who I am anymore? I don't know where I'm supposed to start. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So That's a great welcome question. to uh, the good news. I hope this is a good discussion. It's very good news. Yeah. I That's love awesome. these discussions. I also think, yeah. as, uh, especially amongst our group, you guys have all been through traumatic experiences, which kind of sparks these kinds of thoughts. Some yeah. of you very recently, sure. some of you not so much. So we kind of have the more recent, and then kind of over time, how this works. You know? Right, right. So please. No, um, since since you put me on the hot spot, this is Jennifer Bishop. I, uh, you know, for me. It all started, my own self-discovery really started when my now ex-husband was diagnosed with ALS. And um, they, you know, we were told he had two to five years to live. 
And it was like I had to step up and work and be the primary breadwinner and figure out what the heck, you know, I was going to live without him because, you know, people die. And so I started taking these personal and business development courses for years, the cost of a college education, and it really started delving into what this thing, you know, I call it shelf help, self help, whatever personal development. And I was taught by the best of the best, you know, Les Brown, T. Harv Ecker, Tony Robbins. Like if you are into the whole self help, I'm telling you, it, it was immersed. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You were swimming in the pool, drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, way, yeah. all the way up. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was so great to, to, to do that introspection, that self-awareness check off list. And then I, that's when it started. Um, really what, you know, who is Jennifer Bishop? Who did, did you get lost in the introspection? No, I, I got found. You got found. All right. All yeah. Right. I, I really feel like, I am I am trying to be the best version of me and what God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm always a work in a, in progress. Always, I definitely do not have it down. Uh, but I just want to be better than who I was yesterday. Yeah, that's all I can yeah. be. Uh, Michelle, you uh, you are a strong, beautiful. I, I see you as a leader. I don't, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean it totally <laughs> no, I, respectfully. Uh, uh, I see you as a leader in, in your community. You, you run a, a divorce group. Is that right? Mm -hmm. um, how do you, I mean, do you, what, what goes on uh, under, under the, the cover there, the, the noggin? Um, well, it's funny. Um, piggybacking off of what Jennifer was saying, um, I feel like when, when I, when I first was going through my divorce and it was finally like the dust had settled, I really did not know who I was anymore because for so much of my life, I was so-and-so's wife and so-and-so's mom. And I was, um, you know, the lady at the basketball game with the kids, bringing my kids in to watch them play. And I made all the meals and I cooked all that's, that's just, that's who I was. I right. didn't really know. Your identity was what you did. Yes. That's, that's what I felt like. And so I remember the first time they went to his house for a couple of days and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with myself. I don't even know what I like. And I'm thinking like, what did I do when I was in college? Like, or in high school, did I have any hobbies? Cause I don't even remember, you know, when you have, when you finally have children, they, they take so much of your time sure. and you're so into them that you really just don't know who you are anymore. Um, and so, or what you like anymore, what you like to do for yourself because you're used to just doing things for others. So um, for me, the, my, my small divorce group, and I, I, I feel like it's even more than that to me because they're all, our group is called Good Girlfriends, but they really are like my my That's friends. awesome. That's like, right. yeah. I like that. We're good friends. girlfriends. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're all very good friends and we lean on each other. And then I, I, um, what I've realized, you know, in the last four years is that these people understand me in a way that other people that are not in the same situation, they just don't completely understand it. Do you know what I mean? They can have the best intentions <laughs> um, and, and be there and listen, mm -hmm. and but they're never going to completely understand what it feels yeah. like to go through that. And so th these people have become just extremely special to me over the last few years. Mm -hmm. well, I'm, I'm going to start a group called Good, Good Girlfriend. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm do. Can I, I'm 
not one second. I wanted on to that. say one thing about Michelle. Um, last year, when I was going through my divorce, I called Michelle, and it, what a source of hope and yeah. what you, it just it just to hear you're not alone in anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. And and until you've walked in somebody's shoes, and n nothing is ever exact or the, exactly the same, but like you said, until you've walked through those shoes, that, that storm, it's hard to compare. Well, and, and even going through the storm, your experience is different yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, than, than somebody else's. And I found that this, this room, this uh, uh, the, the good news and the program and the ladies and, and gentlemen that are part of it, uh, we've become friends. I yes. mean, really, and, yes. and uh, with every passing uh, week that we get to know each other, mm -hmm. uh, the the closer we become, the, the more tight knit, and and, and so. It's all because um, of Angie, right? Yes. I know, right? Yes. Uh, all right. So uh, Beatrice, uh, did, did you ever lose your self um, oh, in the right. in the introspection? process Where are my tissues? Oh, absolutely <laughs> um, absolutely because well let me go back to the army I, I entered basic training March the 9th 1977 the person that went that was there that went to Fort Jackson on March the 9th 1977 is gone mm -hmm. from March 19 March the 9th 1977 until February 21st 1992 that's a totally different person. Yep. But that person even changed on March the 28th, 1991, when I married my husband. Right. Okay. So that was a completely different person. You bet. When he passed away on August the 7th, 2018, I came to the realization that I didn't know who in the world I was. Mm -hmm. Because I had been so caught up in his life, in the lives of our children in the lives of the, the military. Kind of like what Michelle was, was exactly. describing. Mm -hmm. you know, exactly. What, what we do has such a big defining role. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And so now I'm at a point, my husband has been gone for a little bit over eight months, and now I'm at the point where I'm wondering, and half the time, and I tell people this, half the time I really don't know who I am. Yeah. You know, and that's very disconcerting for me because I've always been a very confident type person. You know, when I when you see me on a stage, you know that you can ready to get something. Well, now you still get something when I get on that stage. But when I get off the stage and I'm behind closed doors, it's like, did I really say that? Yeah. Am mm -hmm. I who who was that? And when I look in the mirror, I see someone entirely different. Right. Then all these iterations of myself over the years. I think that was what Dave was, was uh, yeah. alluding right, to. Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. I was actually going to say you kept saying something really interesting just now is that uh, you, that, that person is gone, you know, up until uh, March 9th, 1977, there was this other person, and then this other person started this new life. And I think it's funny because I've been through that too. I've, mm -hmm. I, I've been through so many phases of my life. Uh, Cindy Everett Marsh, another mm -hmm. friend of the show, she's mentioned that she's been reinvented. So that's yes. She said she's yes, reinvented yes, herself yes. several times. It's like this whole new chapter. I feel like I've done all these lifetimes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I wanted to say, it's not a different person. It's the same person. You're still the person you were before March 9th, 1977. Mm -hmm. You just have grown into this, like a, almost like a chrysalis opening. Yes. And then yes. suddenly you're this new being that yes. you're still the same person. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and, it's funny how different we all can be. You know, um, a lot of people may not know this about me, but uh, especially in my younger 20s, uh, directly after my parents' divorce, uh, and something that Michelle just said, uh, my mom used it as, instead of using it as a way to improve herself, she used it as an excuse that she'd always been a sister or a mom or a mm -hmm. husband or a wife, and she used that as an excuse to go 
crazy. Do I don't even want to talk about. This is good news. Don't talk about that stuff. <laughs> uh, but she did that. But I also turned to drugs. I was horrible into drugs. I did way, way too many of all the different kinds, all mm -hmm. of them, you know, for mm -hmm. years and years and years. And I think of myself back then. That wasn't me. That wasn't even me at all, even for that mm -hmm. whole time. Mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. I'm not that guy. I, and it's funny, even though I was that guy, but now it's it's so weird how – but this is like why I think about all that stuff and I'm like, I'm losing who I am. Yeah. I'm not even going through trauma. I am just like want to make myself better. And I'm like, well, is this really a part of my personality? Is this something I fabricated? Is this something that's natural? Is this mm -hmm. something that God's given me? Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to use it? Am I supposed to ditch it? I don't know. So it's like, that's why I like listening to all you guys going through kind of the same kind of struggle yeah. as me, just because it's so easy to lose focus. And Amen. who are you really? Amen. Who yeah. are you really when Amen. you start thinking about it? I think it. who mm. we are are our daily actions. Like every single day we make choices. And those choices, good or bad, we have consequences. Right. And then you have to pay for the consequences, good or bad. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, I, but bad things, I hate that book, by the way. Ugh, bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Mm -hmm. When Stephen was diagnosed, I got, we, I think we got three or four copies, oh, and I'm thanks. like throwing it, <laughs> throwing it. And I'm like, thank you for trying to help, but this is not helping me. Thank God for God. I, that's all I can say. Absolutely. Period. And, bottom line. And, and there, there is a bottom line to this this whole conversation. Uh, I do want to. Every, every time uh, I hear your voice, I, I want to draw to the attention of the audience that uh, your your husband, you said, was diagnosed with ALS, mm -hmm. Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, it, it's it's a terminal diagnosis. Not for him, but uh, yep. <laughs> but he recovered. Yeah. So Duke University second study coming out that he reversed his ALS. And so, you know, and this is what I tell and for so many years, I think my marriage was always about him, always about him. But I had some huge life things happen to me. You bet. I found out I was adopted, didn't know until I was 32. We went through four and a half years of infertility, finally get pregnant with our son. So it, it's like um, both of my parents passed away. I was right. their primary caregiver. And it's so interesting. Like it kept going back always to him. Everything about our whole life was always about him. Mm. And so now, you know, I think part of the peace that God has given me that, you know, when he said he was done, yeah. it, it released me. It was like freedom. Yeah, you, you went proactive and started the, the process of introspection and, and bettering yourself mm -hmm. prior to that. Right. But that set the stage right. for that. No, mm. um, you know, and, and I, I too have uh, a multitude of stories yeah. that that you know, um, you've heard the phrase uh, "come to Jesus meeting." Oh yes, mm -hmm. Lord. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I've, Lord. I've had more than my fair share. In fact, if anybody would like one, uh, <laughs> stand up. I'll, I'll be happy to, to give you a few of mine. Um, <laughs> but I, I've had a couple of those, and uh, coincidentally, most of them at the. Uh, caring though it didn't seem compassionate at the time hands of my former business partner uh we spent a lot of time together we you know we, we built a 10-year company together uh we're on the air radio four hours a day together all, all of that and so uh you know, she knows me better than most people mm -hmm. would know me mm -hmm. and i remember driving in to the radio studio here and um, we came to the parking or to the stoplight, just coming off the freeway, making the turn onto to uh, Parker Road, and um, I was I was bemoaning the the woes woe is me, right? 
And, you know, nobody understands. It's been so hard. I was a preacher and got, you know, divorced, blah, blah, blah. Nobody, nobody gets it. And she turned, she's sitting in the, uh, in the passenger seat. She turned so that her back was against the window. Mm-hmm. And she's petite. She can do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw the two by four coming. Oh, Lord. And, and she, she says, uh, stop it. Listen to yourself. Your life is not so bad. You have so many blessings. You have so many things going on. And, and you know something? Uh, things don't happen to you. You respond. And, and you know, the whole, that was the first one, right? And the light went on for me. And I was like, wow, that, that made sense. The second thing that she said to me, and this was several years later, but it hurt nonetheless, was that you're an angry person. And I didn't perceive myself that way. I said, well, what are you talking about? Give me one example of, of me being angry. And she says, you set people up to fail. I said, one example. She goes, how do you like your breakfast? I said, well, I like my eggs over medium. Well, I like them over easy, but I, I want the whites to be solid. I want the, the yolks to be runny. And she goes, uh-huh. And how do you like your bacon? Extra, 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 extra crisp. But, you know, if it's burned, it's good. If it's not burned, I'll send it back. How do you like your toast? I like it buttered, not just sweeped with a brush. Uh, and she goes, you set every server up for failure. Mm-hmm. You are an angry person. Wow. And it took me a few days to, to process all of that. And then it has taken me years mm-hmm. to dig out, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, I see it. Mm-hmm. I see it. So, Dave, look what you uh, you. Uh, it was just uh, good unraveled. for you, Dave. You're right. I like it. I love this. This me is too. a really this good is episode. Totally up my alley. Can, can, I, me too. can I suggest this uh, here at the end? Because I wrote this before uh, we started this whole thing. When you said we're going to talk a little bit about uh, improving ourselves and introspection, um, I want to I want to nail down the good news mm-hmm. for this segment. And I wrote this here. Beatrice, do you remember uh, several weeks ago now we were talking and you came up with what I said was the title of your book. I'm Just. I'm Just, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that can be whatever it is. And you know the story that, that will be a compelling story. Um, but the end of that is who I am mm-hmm. or I'm so, so my message to the listening audience is just be. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just That's be right. who you are. That's right. And the reason I can say that with authority is because when asked who God was, he said, I, I am. am. Right? I am that I am. That's the leadership that we're looking for. That's, That's right. the good news. Mm-hmm. The good news is you're good, good enough. You know, it's yes. the shortest yes. complete sentence in the English language. Yes. Right? I am. I am gives me chills there it is yeah that's good like that kid last week when he said uh, i'm just gonna be me i'm yep. me i'm me i felt like me yep. right unapologetically aware of who i am right there you go mm-hmm. love it and to quote barbara uh brooks uh just saying yes to who to what your purpose is right yes. yeah and, and your if purpose you don't, is being and if you don't know what your purpose is work on your purpose that's absolutely good. work on finding it absolutely and uh to say repeat something that i believe we talked about last week um sometimes the biggest tragedy in your life helps bring about what your purpose really is right. yes yes, yes. It does. or it, multiple it, tragedies they can uh. be, they, they, you know it's, it's the refiner's fire yes right? yeah uh we, we can certainly find clarity but we need to stay around other people i love iron sharpens iron yes. and and people that will call us you know accountable yeah. for our actions and and to take it in love absolutely 
want to say thank you to uh, Michelle Betts and Beatrice Bruno and Jennifer Bishop. Thank you so much for being here. Producer Dave, great, always, you rock question. the house. I'm great. Eric Raymer. Thank you for being here. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in. AngieAustinRadio.com is where you can find the uh, copies of this program and all the others. And we'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two, and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things, and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Please enjoy this encore presentation of a classic segment of The Good News with Angie Austin. Welcome back to The Good News. Well, we've got great news today. It's Fun Friends Friday. Last uh, week, we had uh, Steve Mudflap McGrew here. Oh, he was a trip. Jorge, wasn't he a trip? He cracked me up. We always, Jorge's on high alert when Steve's here because, you know, he's a comedian as well. And so he has spicy language that we don't allow here on the good news. And so he always has his finger on the button to bleep him, you know. And so he, I just say he's usually pretty good, isn't he, Jorge? Yeah, he is. And he's a, yeah, he behaved really well. And, I, you know, he said, Mudflap says the first time that I told him, you know, hey, I'm on a Christian radio station. Are you aware of that? And that he said then, um, you know, well, Angie, I'm, I am a Christian. And he says, I went, what? <laughs> that's not how I said it. But I did say, really? <laughs> but that's cool. I was really happy to hear that. All right. Welcome back to the good news. All right. We, it is Fun Friends Friday, so we'll have some of our hot topics to discuss. You know, it's kind of like hanging out with your Christian friends or just friends in general. They don't even, you know, just your friends and you're, you're sitting around having coffee and you're discussing some of the you know, water cooler uh, events around the country, some of the hot topics and, you know, some of the things we deal with as parents or deal with with our coworkers or family issues. You know, we'll just talk about some of those. I told you that I would talk about a kid who refused to do something that he felt was sacrilegious in class and he was suspended from class because he wouldn't do it. Basically, he was supposed to stomp on the word Jesus on a piece of paper. I don't know what that would teach him. 
I don't know what he would learn from that, but then really to be suspended for that? Are you kidding me? So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit too. Obviously, you can tell my feelings on that are fairly strong. (laughs) All right. Uh, The good news story that we changed the show for today has to do with a, a, a cute young lady that came here about a month and a half ago to talk about her cancer journey. And she had started with a cancer that was really treatable and then through a course of events ended up with a cancer that was much more serious. And I was so impressed by her positive attitude and her faith going through this journey because she was diagnosed while she was just a newlywed. And so she posted some exciting news as she told you at the top, Stephanie, that just recently tell us the good news and then we'll go through your story because I'm impressed by how your courage and hope during this whole journey. Well, currently I am cancer free. I uh, got a CT scan recently and uh, it showed no signs of disease. Are so. you just terrified when you go in for those scans? How do you feel? I am. You know what? I write it. In my, I write about it in my blog. Um, scans cause a lot of anxiety. They, I mean, the week before for me and the week after waiting for results are just a tornado of emotions. Wait, you wait a week for them to call you and tell you what the scan says? A- about a week. Within a week. Yeah. <sighs> this time I, I waited about a week. You know, it seems like every time you need results for something, they're like, well, you know, the doctor's on vacation and he's in Florida, yes. so they'll be delayed. Well, and or- a certain person has to tell you. I mean, the I mean, the techs who are giving you the scan see it and they know how to read those scans. So they know the news that second you get the scan. <sighs> but they, you know, they can't tell they you can't, they're, not they're not allowed not the to doctor. tell you. So, oh, yeah. Oh, so you always wonder, oh, are they being extra nice to me because they just saw this massive tumor or are they just really, you know, are they just being friendly or, you know, I have to tell you that I did. I, I, I thank God for this particular person in my life that I know fairly well. And so she did have to give me um, an ultrasound once for something. Mm-hmm. And she did give me the result. She's like, oh. Angie, you don't have to worry. And so, oh, you know, good. I didn't get the official doctor word yes. later, but I just was like, thank you so much for telling me. Waiting is hard. Waiting is. is, I mean, for me, waiting is the hardest part because you go through the bad thoughts you go through the good thoughts you think the worst you think I mean for me I've I've this is my second time fighting cancer my my second time beating cancer getting a clear scan well and I think that you know yeah the second clear yeah um I think that too like hearing a little bit about your journey let's recap it a little bit for people who didn't hear your story and then they'll see why I was so impressed by your faith that you kept joy during the journey when you know I I just like I said, you kept popping into my brain. We, we were talking about you on the show. We have guests in here all the time. Mm. But for some reason, you kept coming up and it just bothered me. You know, and you, like you said, young people get cancer, infants get cancer. But your story bothered me because the second time around with the cancer, you did sense something was different. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of irritated that they didn't do a scan right away. And then they found out the cancer was more serious when they finally did. Mm. But like, take us back a little bit further, you know, that you were a newlywed, that you were kind of in one of the best parts of your life when all of this started happening. Correct. I um, was 24 and had been together with my then boyfriend, my now husband, for about a year and a half. Um, And then we got married and just were excited for what was to come. Newlyweds were, you know, are we going to buy a house? When are we going to start having kids? When are we going to, when is our, you know, what are we going to do with our future? It's all in our hands right now. And then shortly after we got married, um, probably about six months to a year in, I started having just some health concerns. I wasn't feeling right. Um, it, it, it showed signs of maybe my hormones might have been off. Um, my hair was thinning, my stomach kind of hurt. And so through that, I had gone to several doctors to try, you know, something's wrong. And I know my body pretty well. And I'm a 
huge advocate for... They say that all the time. You know when something's wrong. If someone tells you something's not wrong... Keep trying to find what's wrong. Yes. And that's what I did. I mean, I went to like five five different doctors saying something is wrong. And I got everything from, oh, you just need more vitamin D. And I thought, really? I'm outside all the time. Because you're young. Maybe they didn't exactly. suspect anything exactly. serious. I, I appear to be healthy. Yes. I mean, even through this cancer journey, I've lost all my hair. And I still get, oh, my word, You, I would never know. Right. You do look very healthy. Mm-hmm. But um, so... You're in the midst of chemo right now. Yeah. I just got chemo a week ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just a week ago, I've got it coming up again. Uh, my last chemo is in a couple weeks. So God. I'm excited for that. I'll bet you are. Yes. So but you keep telling them something's wrong, something's wrong. No, no, you're fine. You need more vitamin D. Get yeah. out more. Exercise. Yeah. Uh, try more fruit. Exactly. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> I said, what? So um, eventually I went for my yearly, my annual pap smear. Um, and I tried a new doctor thinking, uh, my regular, you know, my regular doctors are saying nothing's wrong. I need to find somebody who is willing to say something's wrong. So I went to a new gynecologist, and new to me, and uh, she, you know, did her thing, did the exam, and noticed something was wrong. And immediately said, you know, something's, we're, I would like to take some biopsies and, and see, you know, I'll call, you know, come back in a week, we'll talk about the results. Well, then the next day I get a call from her nurse saying, bring your husband, we can talk about treatment. So I had a night, we had a night to sleep on that and what could it be? And she had mentioned fibroids, maybe it's just fibroids and, you know, we'd have to get, you know, and which are completely uh, benign tumors and just cut them out. You'll be fine. Next day, got the news and um, this doctor was so shocked at my response because I had been trying for a year, a year and a half to find out what was wrong. My body was, something was wrong. I knew something was wrong for about a year and consistently tried to find out what it was and she um, gave me the news uh, you have cancer originally I was diagnosed with stage one your you know run-of-the-mill um, cervical cancer and uh, went to the oncologist I mean started going to all the you know started the process pretty quickly and um, but my reaction to it was okay I've got the answer now. What do we got to do? Let's fight it. And so she was shocked that you didn't just dissolve in tears well, and start sobbing. Yeah. You were just grateful in, in, in a sense that you finally had someone believe you and actually find out what was actually wrong. Exactly. I mean, I gave her a hug. I said, can I give oh. you a hug? And she said, well, sure. Wow. And so I, I gave her a hug and I said, thank you for being, for being the one who went further and said, ah, something doesn't look right. And Let's believed just, you. Yes, exactly. Wow. definitely affirmed the year and a half that I had been struggling to find out what was wrong with my body. Well, and I think your strong faith, I'll bet it has affected people like that doctor and other people that now you're going through treatment with. So talk about your journey because then you you, you fought that cancer. Yeah. Well, I, I immediately, about two weeks later, um, got a full hysterectomy. And I was 25 at the time. Now I'm 26. But um, and that's traumatic because and you're we have to have children. Exactly. We haven't had kids yet. Um, but, you know, we prayed about it and God really put a peace in our heart that you are going to have kids. They're just going to be adopted and and they're going to be just as much ours as they would if they came from our body, which they are. Yes. So, um, 
you know, I started the journey, got surgery, went through chemotherapy um, last February, not this last month, but the February of 2012, I got re-diagnosed after they did the surgery and found out that I have um, not just cervical cancer, it's a cancer called neuroendocrine uh, cancer. Which is and, more serious. Which is way more serious. Wait, you're leaving out the part that made me mad. And I know that you've gotten over it and you got over the anger, but in the... At, you felt something growing and you were telling them, I feel like something else is going on. Well, my, re- my recurrence, I felt something growing. Yeah. Okay. So the first time I didn't feel any tumors or anything, I just felt off. Yes. Got diagnosed, got diagnosed with neuroendocrine, went through chemotherapy, surgery, radiation, the whole bit. Yes. Was declared cancer-free last August. So, so excited. Was so excited. Oh, just rejoicing. Oh, we're going to be done with this. You know, we can move on. We can start planning our future. And, uh, Shortly after, about a month and a half later, I started feeling something in my belly. You know, something, I I felt just, something's hard. I kept telling my husband, something's weird. And he said, don't worry about it. You know, have faith in the doctors. They say that, you you know, you you should be fine. And so um, when it came time for my three-month scan... I went in and uh, they they had discovered that a softball sized tumor had grown in three months back into my into my abdomen area. So you must have just been terrified. You just already you went through treatment and now the cancer you have is worse than the first. Did they have any explanation for why that would happen? Why you would get a different kind of cancer? Did it have anything to do with the treatment? Does this happen very often? Because this was you said not a, not. A, it was unusual and difficult to fight. Yes. The type of cancer, this neuro, um, I have the long term is large cell neuroendocrine carcinoma, which started in my cervix. Um, and originally I was diagnosed with just cervical, cervical cancer. Um, and once they went in through my surgery and biopsied the actual tumor, that's when they discovered these neuroendocrine cells that they were cancerous. So I got diagnosed with neuroendocrine pretty, pretty quickly. But then August thought, I was free and clear. Right. And then um, it came back. Softball-sized tumor came back. And, uh, oh, terrified. Yeah. I mean, I was I was upset. I was frustrated. I was, um, all right, we're going to do it again. But at the same time, I have had such strong faith through this and have and, and really trust God and know that he, he's got the big picture under control that and that I don't have to worry about the little details because he works it out. Um, that I wasn't put to my knees. I wasn't, my life didn't end at that moment. It was, all right, we've been through this before. We kind of know what to expect. Gear up and do it again. And so um, we started the process again and, and, um, and hoped and prayed for the best. And, you know, my big thing is there are so many people that get diagnosed with cancer. And there are so many people who, get, who are terrified and scared and don't know what to do when that moment happens. Um, but my story is don't let cancer rule your life. Don't let it bring you to your knees. Don't let it rule you. You still, you be in control of your cancer. You be in control of your fight. You be in control of your journey with God. Anything is possible. And I stick to my God statistics. I don't stick to the doctor's statistics. I frankly, I haven't even looked at the statistics for my cancer because I don't care. Wow. I don't care. I, I know it's bad. My my mother has researched and she knows all the ins and outs of it. And she has told me it's a it's both my mom and my dad have both said it's a bad cancer. It's you're going to have to fight hard. And so I know that. All right. Uh, this is this is going to be tough. But my doctors don't have the end say. My God has the end say. And God on this earth today still performs miracles. And I still believe that I'm going to be ultimately healed.
here on earth because I have a big, big story. I have a big story to share. And you can still be happy and you can still be laugh and you can still have joy and you can still, you know, go about your daily life. Um, you just do it differently. You know, you said that you were determined to have joy through the journey. Talk a little bit about that. Well, again, I didn't want cancer to ruin my life. I didn't want it to stop my life. You know, there are moments where I feel stuck. I mean, my husband and I still feel, all right, once this is over, then, then we can start doing, then we can start. Do you feel the two of you feel like maybe you haven't started your life yet? Like you were getting ready to start your, Mm -hmm. your marriage to have kids and buy a house. Do you feel like you're in like on pause? Definitely. I definitely, um, you think he feels the same way? We, yes, we've talked about it several times. I mean, there are moments of frustration of seeing our friends and being happy for our friends who are pregnant and who are buying homes and who are, who are doing things you do once you do after you get married. And, um, you know, there's a bittersweet. We're happy for them. But at the same time, we're like, man, when are we going to get to do that? Is his faith strong too? Oh, yes. He's got a quiet faith. He's more of an introvert. I'm more of an extrovert. So he's he's the calm in my storm. When things get crazy and I talk too much and I'm freaking out, he is the one to say, take it back to the center. Let's calm down. Let's pray about it. You I'm know. sure his journey was very difficult too. Mm-hmm. The prospect of maybe losing his new wife, you yes. know, being a newlywed and you just being in your 20s when mm-hmm. you're diagnosed and going through this whole battle with you right after you get married and putting your lives on hold. I'm sure there were some terrifying moments for him too. Did he ever share that with you or did he try to keep it to himself? You know, it's really interesting. He has vocalized it several times. I am the rock. You know, when you're weak, I've got to be strong. And that goes both ways. I mean, people who say marriage is 50-50, I think is not true because sometimes it's 75, 25, sometimes it's a hundred, it's 99 and 1%. Sometimes it's 50, 50, sometimes, you know, there's a give and take when one's weak, the other's strong. And at this time when I'm, when I'm having rough spots, he's the one that's strong for me. Um, and so I haven't noticed really how hard it's been on him. The one instant was recently when I, um, got this great news, um, last, last week that, um, when the doctors and the nurses said, you know, your scan came back clear. Um, she had kind of paused before she gave the news. She handed me the paper and said, read the bottom line. And, uh, Matt was literally at the edge of his seat. I mean, deer in the headlights look, and I could see it and sense that he was very nervous. And I read the, the, read the news and it was normal CT scan of the abdomen and pelvis, which is a good thing. Normal in, in medical terms is a good thing. Um, and he, let out the biggest sigh and it nearly brought me to tears because at that moment I realized, wow, he really is. He's, and I knew he was in this as much as I am, but to visually see him be so thankful, you know, that much relief. Yes. Well, and I noticed that too, when you were talking earlier, um, about how, you know, no one knows what it's like to fight cancer if you haven't been through it. And you said, you know, my husband doesn't know. And I saw his face. He's like, I could tell, but he, I he know said, a lot. Yeah, he yeah. said, but I, you know, I know a lot, yeah. you know, because, and I, I thought, boy, that would be very painful for him to go through too, because, oh my goodness, to see someone yeah. you love in so much pain and this, the thought of mm-hmm. losing them, especially like, you know, let's face it, when you're newlyweds, like your wife is perfect. Yeah. You well, know? And you don't and expect like, anything like this to happen. You think you're going to sail off into the sunset and everything's going to be wonderful. Well, before we, you know, wrap up your interview, because you're going to stay with us for, you know, the rest of the show. Yes. Tell people what you want them to know. Obviously, women need to, men, anyone needs to listen to their bodies and make a concerted effort to continue to get medical um, answers, even if someone tells you over and over and over again that nothing's wrong, which they told you. Yes. I'm a huge advocate. I'll say it again. Um, 
if something, if you feel something's wrong with your body, something probably is. Whether it's a cold or cancer. I mean, if you feel something's wrong, you might just have bronchitis, you know. But if you feel something's wrong and the doctors are saying nothing's wrong, I suggest second opinions, third opinions, fourth opinions. Find out until you know. And if you do get diagnosed with cancer, it's not the end of the story. Tell everyone how to reach you through your blog because you do help other people, you know, comfort them through your blog. Yes. My blog is derailingmydiagnosis.com. And there you can read about my ups and downs. I'm pretty honest about my crappy days and my good days and my scans and chemo and everything in between. Do you think other people who've been fighting this have seen your faith and been intrigued by it or interested in how you've gone through this with such, um, in some cases, some days joy? Oh, definitely. I have a lot of joy through this journey and I, I get a lot of emails of people saying, you have inspired me to take back control of my happiness in the midst of a horrible situation. How does that make you feel? Validated. It makes me feel, thank you, Lord. You, this is this is the why. Yeah. This is the why for my story. Yeah, I love your story. Thank you. You've really inspired me. I've thought about you so many times. I'm like, wow, if she can have joy in the midst of that, why can't I have the joy in the midst of this? <laughs> because whatever my day is doesn't even compare to what your day is. Thank so thank you. you. Thank you. You've been a real blessing. Thank you so much. I was so excited when I saw you on Facebook. Yes. Like my scan was clear, and I'm like, you got to come in. Can you come yes. in right away? <laughs> of course. I'll shout over to the mountaintops. Cancer-free. We'll, we'll be back with the good news. YMCA of the Rockies and Estes Park is an ideal family vacation. Come visit and be inspired by our surroundings. At YMCA of the Rockies, you can fill your days and nights with our fun, family-friendly programs and activities. This summer, YMCA has tons of fun and excitement planned for your family, and soon you can bring the entire family when we introduce our new dog park and dog-friendly activities. Whether you are looking for a harrowing adventure or just a relaxing stroll near Rocky Mountain National Park, YMCA can set you on your way. YMCA of the Rockies is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your next family vacation with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Angie Austin here. Welcome back. Uh, you know, positivity and the power of it is one of the big themes here on the program. I, I laugh because my uh, son was learning vocabulary words and I heard him practicing with my husband and optimism came up and he said, I know what that is. That's mom and pessimism is grandma. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty powerful. <laughs> So joining me, two experts in the power of positivity, Bert Jacobs and John Jacobs. They are the co-founders and the chief executives, uh, one creative and the other executive optimist of Life is Good. Welcome, Bert Jacobs and John Jacobs with Life is Good. Thanks, Angie. Thanks, Angie. Is there any truth to that, uh, you being the optimist and, and Grandma being the pessimist? Oh, my God. My, it's my mom, and it's been, like, my life's goal to be the opposite of my mom's because, you know, she, even though she's got a big smile, she always can, that, that, she can find the lemon in any story. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So tell us about Life is Good and what inspired you. Well, Life is Good is very simple. Uh, we're a positive lifestyle brand. Our vehicle for communication, primary vehicle, is T-shirts. So we're, we're, we've been around for 25 years, and we really, on T-shirts, have been celebrating what people love and spreading good vibes. Simple as that. And our number one inspiration by far was our mother growing up. We grew up in a chaotic little house outside of Boston, Mass. Eight people, slim salary for our dad, and, and plenty of dysfunction in the family. But our mom was this beacon of positive energy and always telling stories, laughing, singing. And she had this tradition at dinner time. She'd, she'd look around the table at her six kids and each, to each one of us, she'd say, tell me something good that happened today. And as simple as that sounds, it really changed the energy in our house and helped us focus on something absurd, funny, positive, and really change the momentum in the house. So that's really what we're out to do with our company and particularly this year with uh, something good, which we'd like to tell you about. Well, tell us about hashtag something good. How do we put that into action? So simple, 25 years later, and we want to honor our mom. She passed away a few years ago, and we're really grateful for, you know, what she did for us in, in teaching us about optimism. So for our 25th anniversary, we're getting a million people to share something good about their life. Use hashtag something good and just share anything positive about your life. And for every share, a dollar goes to help kids in need. We're going to raise together with our community, with your listeners, a million dollars to help kids in need. And all it takes is hashtag something good. That means a, a photo, a short message, uh, a story, and, personal and, story if you have one. And if you want to get a look at what people are sharing, go to lifeisgood.com. It's really uplifting to see what all these people from all walks of life sharing good things. It's what we don't get enough of. We hear what's wrong with the world over and over. You know, we're, we're connected 24-7 these days, and everybody's telling us what's wrong. There's a lot of things that are right. There's a lot of good things. Let's focus on those together. And it can be so simple. You know, uh, uh, time with your family, your dog, the outdoors, a road trip, anything that you're perceiving in your, in your life or the, great, or the larger world, that's positive. It really helps others to focus on positive things. Hashtag something good. I love this. I also, I'm very familiar with your brand because it goes along with I mean, one of my programs is called The Good News. So I've really tried to spread positivity after 20 years in the bad news. Just uh, after my brother was murdered, I'm like, you know what? This bad news, I cannot do this anymore. And so I started The Good News making zero dollars and zero cents. And I saw that you guys started your business with about 78 bucks, which isn't much more, right? And so how that the, the your your story itself is really you know great you know good news uh, you know starting with something so small and building now to where with this campaign you're going to give away a million bucks. Thanks so much, Angie, and you know first congrats on on being able to take something so difficult and focus on positives and helping other people to to do that as well. And really, everything we're trying to get out there, we learn from first our mom and then our community members, as I mentioned. People going through the worst adversity often have the most clarity on what's most important and this elevated sense of gratitude. 
and it's inspiring to us, and we just want to share that message with more people. Yeah, surprisingly, it, it hasn't been the people on Easy Street who become the most passionate <laughs> fans of it's good. It's people like you, Angie. It's incredible. I mean, what you just shared, we bump into that type of things. There's so many people face challenges, but the ones who um, embrace life as good the most are the ones who have learned to overcome those things <clears throat> by focusing on, by being grateful for their life and, and helping others overcome things by being grateful and focusing on what's right with their lives. So thank you. I think we're, we have a lot in common and we're on the same team, that's for sure. Now, I have to ask um, your mom, you, you mentioned she passed away a few years ago and you're doing this to honor her. She must have been so proud of uh, you uh, both, Bert and John, for, you know, what you've done kind of, you know, because of her with this successful business and influencing so many people around the world with this life is good message. What did she think of all that? Yeah, she was, she was very proud. It was a little embarrassing sometimes. She'd go up to strangers uh, walking down the street or on the beach and say, excuse me, my son's made your T-shirt. <laughs> but she was de definitively more proud of her son, John. That, this is John speaking. Uh, that just should go on record. Speculating. <laughs> That's a pity, actually. Oh, gosh, you guys are cracking me up. All right, so Bert and John, uh, again, for the campaign, uh, it's, it's hashtag something good, so we can do it on any social media platform. Any social media platform, hashtag something good. And if you want to learn more, go to lifeisgood.com. See what other people are sharing. Uh, thank you, Angie. Thank you so much, and enjoy your day. Thanks, thank, Angie. Thank you, guys. And what a blessing uh, that, you know, that you're doing this to influence so many people and giving back. Thanks, guys. Thank you, too. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. You're tuned to AM670, KLTT Commerce City, Denver, KLTT HD, and streaming worldwide at 670KLTT.com. Is there any chance that Planned Parenthood